BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to The Bad Broadcast. I'm your host, Maddie Murphy. Hello, all of my little angels. Welcome back to The Bad Broadcast. Brand new episode. Happy Monday. I am your head broad in charge, otherwise known as Maddie. Lots to discuss. Lots to discuss. First up, how are we all feeling about Pete and Kim? I feel like that is the most pressing topic right now. I haven't had a chance to talk about it yet. And besides the fact that their names kind of sound like an evangelical couple from like Alabama, Pete and Kim. Give me a break. I'm into it. I like them. I like both of them. Everyone is so pressed because Pete Davidson pulls truly the hottest women in Hollywood. Ariana Grande, Kate Beckinsale, Kim Kardashian. And if I were to see Pete Davidson like at a grocery store and I had no idea who he was or what he did, he would be like a very, very soft six, I would say. But maybe, just maybe, maybe women want guys who are just like nice and funny. I don't know. Call me crazy. Also, Kim has been with Kanye West for the last 10 years. Kim has not giggled since 2010 and you know it. So I say good for her. I saw a TikTok that said Pete Davidson is like the hot guy that you work with. Like you don't really know if he's hot outside of work. There's something charming about him. So you have a crush on him and you look forward to your shifts together. Like, this is how I see Pete Davidson, okay? You get a job like working at a retail store or something, and Pete comes in at night to restock the shelves. So you only see him for a couple minutes, like when your shifts overlap. And all you know about him is that he's like a mysterious chain smoker, and he's like maybe a little bit goofy. And then you start lingering after your shift, and then you guys start to chat more, and you learn there's like this deeper side to him. He's like a tortured artist who wants to like take care of his mom. And then you guys hook up in the back closet. Did I just write a Pete Davidson fan fiction? I just feel like Pete Davidson kind of has line cook energy. And if you've ever worked in a restaurant, you know exactly what I mean. Because the love between a line cook, a male line cook and a female server is unmatched. The love between them cannot be replicated. I've always worked in restaurants and my favorite restaurant job that I ever worked, um, I was probably like 22 at the time, 21, 22. There was a line cook and we were definitely in love. He was probably on heroin. I don't know. Don't know his last name. 
now that I think about it, I actually can't remember his first name. But like I'd walk into work and he'd be like, hey, babe. And I'd be like, stop, you're so annoying. And then when I like worked morning shifts, he would like leave pancakes in the back room for me. And I'd be like, oh, my gosh, he's so annoying. Um, And yeah, we were in love. Nothing, nothing, uh, nothing physical ever happened. But I am pretty sure that I am the love of his life. And I actually ran into him the other day because I went to a restaurant and he was working at it. And was the spark still there? Mm, You know, it just hits a little different. It hits a little different now. But I still feel like Pete Davidson would play that role very well. Actually, some girl started yelling at me in my DMs the other day because I brought up that Pete Davidson, well, on Twitter forever ago when he and Ariana were together, somebody said that Pete Davidson has butthole eyes and Ariana Grande got all mad about it and she was defending him. It was very sweet. Um, And apparently me bringing that up was me like making fun of Pete Davidson, which I wasn't. I must not have been very clear because I would stare longingly into those butthole eyes for hours on end. I love Pete Davidson. Call me basic. I don't know what to do about it, but I'm into him. That went really off topic, but you know what? Let's focus. Let's focus up because it's time for another Dum Dum Club check-in. This isn't our whole episode. We have another segment, but we haven't done a Dum Dum Club check-in in a long time. So I'm going to explain what it is. Sorry if you've heard this a million times, but sometimes we have new people and I don't want them to feel left out. Okay. So the Dum Dum Club is a club for idiots like me, like you, because we all have things that we learn far too late in life. And this is somewhere that you can admit them judgment-free. Like I will definitely judge you for other things, but being dumb is not one of them. My Dumb Dumb Club submission this week, I just found out that Burning Man is not a music festival. It's an art festival and a temporary community, according to Google. Uh, There's also orgies and many drugs. And I also learned that everything at Burning Man functions on a barter system. So there's no money there. And I would say about 4% of Burning Man activities sound fun. I'll let you guess. I'll let you guess which ones. But now it's time to explore the world of your Dum Dum Club moments. All right. First up, she says, the producer, the music producer, Dark Child, I thought was Dog Chow. And I know what you guys are thinking as I'm reading this. You're probably thinking, I don't know who Dark Child is, and I never thought they were Dog Chow. But you guys, this is a very prevalent part of all of our lives, because when you turn on Say My Name by Destiny's Child. And it says, Dog Cha Na Na. You know what I mean? I also thought it was saying Dog Cha Na Na. But I thought it was just like a, like a, like a la la la, a tra la la vibe, like kind of a beat. I didn't think it was somebody's name. So I would be shocked if anyone out there realized this. So I hope we're all learning something today. It's Dark Child. He is the producer and that's why his name is in it. So wonderful information. Next, my brother's friend referred to his girlfriend's twin as her nocturnal twin after saying that they looked nothing alike. What is that? I read that and I was like, am I dumb? Because I don't know what that's supposed to be. But then I remembered it's fraternal. But I also said, oh, no wonder it's paternal. But it's, it's not that either. So I'm right there with you. Next, I thought viceroy, which is a very commonly brought up word I know, was vicaroy. I'm going to stop you right here because I don't think that Viceroy is a very commonly used word. I couldn't even use it in a sentence. I Googled it to make sure that I was saying it right. Because if somebody, if somebody, you know, like held a gun to my head and said, 
use Viceroy in a sentence, I would, I would not know how to do it. He is Viceroy. He is a Viceroy. We are Viceroy. We will Viceroy. I have no clue. I have not a clue what it is. So, uh, so turns out you're not the dumbest person when it comes to that word. I think I might be. All right, next. She says, I thought handicap accessible bathrooms were like handicapped parking spots. Like you could only use them if you needed them or you had a permit. So for years, I would wait for a different stall if that was the only one available, or I would feel extremely guilty if I had to use one. So I would just go really fast so I would be done before anyone noticed. I would definitely use the handicapped accessible stall, but one time I was using one and uh, then I came out of the stall and there was somebody waiting for me that could only use the handicap accessible one and they were waiting for me and I didn't need it. So I did feel really bad. So I try not to use it. Um, like I, I just try to avoid it because I do feel bad, but I don't think you need a permit to use it. I don't think they can ticket you if you use it. I don't know what, I don't know what like police service that would be that monitors that, but I get it. I totally get it. Next, I just was told that Hugh Jackman is not American. I cannot believe it. There's no way he has such a perfect American and British accent, but he's actually Australian. I went and watched interviews of him speaking his actual way, and I still think it's fake. But also, how did I make it this far in life without knowing this? You know what? Maybe Hugh Jackman is doing what the girl's mom last week or two weeks ago was doing. Maybe he just he just embraces the accent of whatever country that he's in. Oh, I love Hugh Jackman. I do love Hugh Jackman. I love Hugh Jackman mainly because I love his relationship with his wife. Also, I maybe went to the greatest showman in concert and I don't really want to discuss that, but I did do it. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by Raycon. There's a lot going on in the world, whether it's stuff you're excited about, like the holidays, maybe you've got a few parties coming up, or stuff you'd rather not think about, like maybe your boss just texted you that they want to have a one-on-one later today and you got the anxiety sweats. You can't always control the vibes out there, but you can always control the vibes in your head with a pair of Raycon wireless earbuds in your ear holes. Whether you use them to pump up, wind down, work, or work out, Raycons are my go-to for on-the-go audio. And the new everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. With an improved rubber oil look and feel and optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, these are impressive before you even start listening. I feel like every time I've ever used in-ear headphones, they always end up hurting my ears. But Raycons, I have first of all, fallen asleep in them multiple times because I can barely feel that they're in there. They're super comfortable. You can also get three new sound profiles to make sure everything you're listening to sounds its best with just the right amount of bass. Raycons offer eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life. There's also a built-in mic and you can take calls on your earbuds at the press of a button. Raycons start at half the price of other premium audio brands, but they sound just as good, if not better. Raycons also come with a 45-day happiness guarantee. So right now, listeners of The Bad Broadcast can get 15% off of their Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash broad. That's B-U-Y-R-A-Y-C-O-N dot com slash broad to save 15% off on Raycons. That's buyraycon.com slash broad. All right, next. Uh, This is kind of a wild story, but on brand, I think. 
So I was eight months pregnant and I knew I wanted to name my son a J name. And after singing Get Your Head in the Game at my dad's basketball game, I decided to name my son Jay, thinking it was after Troy Bolton's teammate in High School Musical. The lyric says, don't be afraid to shoot the outside Jay. Turns out outside Jay is actually short for jump shot. My dad broke the news to me after the game. I stuck with it, though. I can't even tell you how much joy it brings into my life knowing that you not only named your child after Troy Bolton's teammate. Like if somebody's like, oh, where'd you get the name Jay? You're always going to remember that it's after Troy Bolton's teammate. Or if I love that it's not even his name. (laughs) It's not even anyone's name. But there were a lot worse options. You could have named your son Chad. I have a brother named Chad, so I feel like I'm allowed to say that. All right, next. I was looked down in the shower yesterday and realized the clear shower curtain liner wasn't sticking to the tub. I kept moving the curtain, trying to get those little black circles to stay in place, only to realize that they're weights and not magnets. My whole life, I'd been thinking they were magnets. You know, who who can blame you? They're little black circles. They look exactly like every magnet I've ever seen in my whole life. So don't beat yourself up about that one. Next, my husband thought it was hermit the frog instead of Kermit the frog. I, I read this earlier and I was like, yeah, because of hermit frogs. And then I was like, that's hermit crabs. Okay, next. The eye black that football players wear is literally to help prevent glare from the lights and not just war paint. I don't think anyone realizes this. I thought I was just, it was just part of the football aesthetic. Yeah, here's the thing. Is it really helping that much? I mean, I can't imagine that it's really making that much of a difference. I remember when I was in high school, all of the football players would like literally paint their faces in like different designs just with eye black. Like there was one kid who literally would just paint half of his face completely black, which is questionable at best now. But then we were all just kind of like, why are you doing that? Like you guys are just in the locker room painting each other's faces. That's cute, but like it doesn't seem to have a point. All right, next. When I was about 14, I kept telling my parents that I needed to go to the doctor because I had bumps on my toes that needed to be checked out. My, my, they would not take me because they could not see what I was talking about. My dad had a doctor's appointment, so I tagged along with him to ask the doctor about the bumps on my toes. I asked the doctor, and she informed me that those bumps were supposed to be there because they were my knuckles. My dad had to leave the room. He was laughing so hard. I nearly died from embarrassment. Okay, let me back you up on this one. One, why do our toes have knuckles? That's stupid. That is a design flaw. That is absolutely not your fault. And two, this one sucks because you know that your family is never going to forget this and you will be roasted until the end of time. Like I think about the things that my family teases each other about. They all happened like 25 years ago. But here we are still making fun of each other. All right, next. A couple of weeks ago, my colleagues were talking about how they've been taking calcium every night, and I chime in like a dumbass and say, oh, I also take vitamin C every day. Apparently, vitamin C and calcium, not the same thing. (laughs) Not the same thing. It's fine. I'm just 29, and I thought vitamin C was an abbreviation for calcium. It's not even shorter. Like, it's not even a quicker way to say it. Vitamin C, calcium. It's actually easier to just say calcium. Uh, but you know what? You're doing your best to get your vitamins in, and I love that for you. All right, next. All growing up, I thought the song was, <laughs> was staying alive, staying alive, versus staying alive, staying alive, staying alive. 
I always think of that scene from The Office. Okay, next. My husband didn't know that you can turn the shower on before you get in and let it warm up for a few minutes. He has spent his whole life getting in the shower, turning the water on, and then spending the first two minutes of his shower miserable and freezing. Okay, while this one seems obvious, I actually know like several people who do this, which just sounds so miserable. But I'm just here to make sure you know you're not alone. And you definitely aren't because I personally know people who do this. I shouldn't say people. I know one person who does this. Uh, next, I have been pronouncing the letter the letter W like Dubba U. She spelled it D-U-B-B-A-Y-O-U. W. Honestly, it's fine. When I said it quick, I was like, yeah, W-X-Y-Z. It doesn't really sound that different, but if you're spelling it out and you do think it's Dubba U, that might be a little bit of a problem. I don't know. But let me tell you why it's okay. Because a W doesn't even look like a W, so who cares? I thought Azkaban was Alcatraz, and I still confuse them regularly. Okay, J.K. Rowling didn't do us any favors on this one, though. You know she probably named it, like, after that. And really, what are we to do with that information? And they both serve the exact same purpose. I mean, not exact, but pretty close. All right, uh, I thought the cute fiddle leaf fig houseplants were called fiddly figs. And once I read this, I thought, I'm going to, I'm going to, I move that we uh, start calling them that. Fiddly figs is so much cuter. So much cuter. Okay. This last one for the day is one that I actually also had this week. So it feels appropriate to share it. So my mom always watched Sound of Music. Like growing up, I had seen bits and pieces of it my whole life, but I had never actually sat down and watched the whole thing. And so I did it a few days ago and I called my mom with this exact Dum Dum Club submission, which is crazy. So the submission says, in the movie Sound of Music, there's a song that says, how do you solve a problem like Maria? Meaning Maria is a problem. How do we solve it? My 29-year-old husband thought they meant it like, how do you solve a problem the way Maria would? I thought this because I had always just heard the song. I didn't really know what the story was. So when you hear, how do we solve a problem like Maria? it gets that vibe. You don't think, oh, Maria is the problem that needs solving. It's a weird way to phrase it. So I agree with him wholeheartedly. Also, do we need to take several minutes to talk about how hot Captain Von Trapp is? Oh my gosh, Christopher Plummer. I mean, he's still pretty fine to this day, but as Captain Von Trapp, he is very sexy. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by Olive and June. Olive and June is the answer. It's the answer, guys. It's the answer to creating salon-perfect nails at home. Olive and June's nail polishes last seven-plus days, and they do not chip. And their Manny system has absolutely everything you need to create salon-perfect nails at an affordable price. It's all-in-one. There's no guessing. There's no messy nails. And there's no salon price tag. I will paint my nails, and if I want to change the color, I know the color's not going to chip on its own. So I have to take it off and then paint it. And sometimes I just do that all in one day just because I like painting my nails and I want them to be a different color. The Manny system is so easy, and it comes with the Poppy, which is a patented brush handle that makes it so easy to paint with both of your hands. If you have ever painted your nails on your own, you know the struggle of trying to paint your dominant hand with your other hand. 
and it's always a mess. But Olive and June's Manny system is a game changer, and your nails will look professionally done while you're doing them at home. I suggest getting the Olive and June Manny system with six polishes because it breaks down to just $2 a manicure. That is that is a very small fraction of what I used to pay to get my nails done at a salon. So getting beautiful salon perfect nails at home is now a dream come true with Olive and June. Your new nail life is here. Visit oliveandjune.com slash bad and use the code bad for 20% off of your first Manny system. This is an exclusive offer that you can only get here. And that's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E.com slash bad code bad for 20% off of your first Manny system. That's oliveandjune.com slash bad code bad. Uh, okay, well, it's time for our next our next segment. And this segment has been has been requested pretty frequently. There are several podcasts that I've heard that dedicate a lot of their episodes to this or whatever, most of their episodes. It is a segment. You know what? I'm going to pause right here. I'm going to pause right here because you should all know that for the rest of this episode, there will be various usage of the a-hole swear word. And I'm telling you this because I know a lot of you guys listen with your kids in the car. And so if you want to like put me on headphones or like listen later, I tried to edit some of them out, but it's just, it's hard to when it's basically the whole theme of the, of the segment. So uh, starting now, I'm going to put that disclaimer on here. I'll make sure that there's like a little E next to the the episode so you know it's, it's explicit. All right. So the segment is called Am I the Asshole? And this is based on a subreddit that has the same name. And people basically submit their nonviolent problems to the internet. And then the internet decides who is at fault. And there's a few different outcomes of this. There is not the asshole. There's you're the asshole. There's everyone sucks here. And there's no assholes here. So those are the four options. It's either your fault, their fault, both of your faults, or nobody's fault. Uh, Don't know why I had to explain that twice. Speaking of Reddit... Uh, here's a feminist life hack. I love nothing more than when guys like bring up Reddit when they're like, oh yeah, I saw it on Reddit. I love being like, you've heard of Reddit? <laughs> because there's something in the male psyche that thinks they literally are entitled to Reddit and women can never use it. Anytime I've ever referenced Reddit, I've had some some guy in the room be like, do you use Reddit? I'm like, yeah, isn't that crazy? They let me in. They let me in. All I had to do was know how to read. That's crazy. It's an app that literally the entire world has access to. So anyway, this is this is based on that. And yeah, like I said, I've heard of several podcasts that do this. They do their own submissions and then they also read Reddit submissions. I am just doing your submission. So you guys submitted to me problems that you've been having. And if you are or are not the asshole in the situation, and we're gonna we're gonna lay down the law here. So let's get into your submissions for this very special episode of Am I the Asshole? First up, she says, I pumped extra breast milk when I was nursing my daughter and donated it to local hospitals. When my sister-in-law came to town, her daughter was also nursing, but it was somewhat of a struggle and I told her she could have some of mine if she needed it. While we were out for the day, she arrived and my father-in-law let himself into our house, into our extra freezer, and just took some of my breast milk. I was very livid. Sure, I told her she could have some, but it felt weird having him just help himself to it. 
Dinner that evening was awkward because they could tell I was bugged. And then my mother-in-law proceeded to tell me I was being selfish and I should be okay with them taking anything because they're family. I left immediately with some choice words. I mean, I just want to go ahead and veto that entire argument that like you should do it because family. Like you aren't like, no, nobody's entitled to anything just because you share DNA with them and you don't even actually share DNA with that lady. So that's weird. So she says, am I the asshole? I would say no. I would say no. I would, no, you know what? I was going to say that nobody's in the wrong, but as I am thinking about this more, I do feel that your in-laws are in the wrong because I'm thinking about being in that situation. Like I've never breastfed. I've never had a child. I've never had that function happen. But to think about somebody, even like my own family member, like just coming into my house and taking it, it feels it feels very invasive. But I'm telling you guys, boundaries are a new a new concept for a lot of people and a lot of a lot of old school people, I will maybe just say boomers think that but we're family so who cares? I care. I care. And you should not break into your daughter-in-law's apartment and steal her titty milk. So, the answer to this one is NTA and that stands for not the asshole. Okay, next. Okay, this seems minor to me, but my mother seems to think I'm a major asshole for this. My roommates have always been rather slobby slash lazy. Dishes always in the sink, no toilet paper replaced, overflowing trash. Because of this, I only wash my dishes. So I only put my forks, my spoons, my bowls in the dishwasher. I only take out the trash if I notice that others have taken their turns. And if it's not my turn to replace the toilet paper, I will B-M-O-R bring my own roll into the bathroom and use that until it gets replaced. Again, these are just a few of the things and my mom hates it, but we're adults and obviously someone needs to teach them responsibility. When I moved in with random roommates, not not my friends who I lived with, I had a, I had a pretty good experience living with friends, but when I lived with random people, I was always blown away at the, the lack of ability to do just household things. And it worries me greatly when people are like not sure how to put another roll of toilet paper in, like you maybe should not be living on your own. If that is a struggle for you to replace the toilet paper when you share an, a house or an apartment with other people, maybe it's time for you to not move out. Maybe maybe that's just something that you should consider. So to this person, I say, not the asshole. All right, next. Hey, Maddie, love you and the podcast. It's something I look forward to every week. Okay, so here is the situation. I was in the middle of my first pregnancy and very sick and very clingy to my husband. We were both in school and working, so nighttime was our time to lay on the couch and hang out. My sister-in-law and I had a pretty rocky relationship because she would talk bad about me to my mother-in-law, and then my mother-in-law would complain to my husband about me. Anyways, that week, she had interrupted our couch time already twice, needing my husband's help for dumb reasons. This particular night, she called him and told my husband she needed help because she got a flat tire and was stranded. I threw a fit and told him, you're my husband. She can go find her own. (laughs) And I begged my husband not to leave. He didn't. And she figured it out with someone else. My husband and I laugh about it now because it maybe was a little crazy when I was pregnant, but I feel like I would still do that today. I don't know. Am I an asshole? Okay. We we talk about this a lot when we talk about in-laws and like dating horror stories. And we talk about like the emotional incest that mother-in-laws can have or like moms have with their sons and therefore it affects the wife. But nobody talks enough about sisters who are weirdly in love with their brothers. Like sisters who just hug their brothers a little too much. Like when we were in Boston a few weeks ago, 
I jokingly sat by my brother and he jokingly put his arm around me and we both cringed so hard at ourselves. It was like a, a barely a side hug. It was barely a side hug. Maybe other families are more touchy-feely. We are not a touchy-feely family. We hug when we see each other, but we don't like sit on the couch and like hold hands. Um, also, if I ever saw somebody doing that, that would be weird. But you know, when families just are more physically affectionate, I don't know if that's because I come from a family of all brothers and me. So maybe we're not. But just this this weird thing. I always feel like it's a red flag when I see girls posting like overly lovey things about their brothers. You know, like I went to high school with this one girl. And I honestly, when I first found her profile after after we had graduated, I thought she got a new boyfriend. And it turns out it was just her little brother. So I don't know. I would say, okay, I'm going to I'm going to be really realistic about this one because she got a flat tire and you didn't let your husband go help her. She did figure it out. Realistically, I do feel like everyone sucks here. That's not great to to kind of leave her stranded. If it was like she needed help, like hanging a picture, maybe. But a flat tire, I mean, that's rough. So I'm going to say everyone sucks here. That doesn't mean that uh, you're not justified in other things, but maybe in this particular situation, I would say everyone sucks. But yeah, that that weird, that weird emotional, emotional intimacy, man. Who knows about it? Couldn't be me. (laughs) This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by Dadgrass. Who doesn't love a trip down memory lane? You guys already know how I feel about nostalgia. Well, Dadgrass takes you back to a time when music was on vinyl, hangouts meant actually hanging out, and weed didn't launch you into the stratosphere. It's time to revive the pleasure of a casual smoke. Dadgrass is legal, organic, smokable hemp that relaxes your body and mellows your mind. Their 100% organic pre-rolled joints are very low in THC and high in CBD, so you can enjoy the effects of CBD while keeping a clear head. You can chill out without getting stoned. Also, they don't only offer smokable joints. They also have amazing tinctures. And if you're not on the CBD train yet, I don't know what to tell you because I need help chilling out, you need help chilling out, and the only way I can do that is if I have a little CBD on hand. Dadgrass products are federally legal for ages 21 and over, and it ships right to your door anywhere in the U.S. So right now, Dadgrass is offering my listeners a very special offer. You can get 20% off of your first order when you go to dadgrass.com slash bad. Whether you're looking for a new buzz or a chill way to enjoy an old favorite, Dadgrass has your back and will always leave you in a euphoric mood. So go to dadgrass.com slash bad for 20% off of your first order. Again, that's dadgrass.com slash bad. Okay. This one says, am I the asshole for not asking my friend to be a bridesmaid at my wedding? In high school, I had two close friends, Ashley and Jessica. Their names are changed. Ashley and I had known each other since we were little, and Jessica and I became very close in high school. Jessica's family became my second family, and I sincerely loved spending time with all of them. Jessica and Ashley had problems with each other. Not positive where it stemmed from, but it wasn't pretty. Jessica was feeling left out because Ashley and I were a year older and did things together more often, things specific to senior year. Her mom texted me to tell me how dis... Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. You're in high school. 
and her mom texted you. I have had this, like this gave me such a visceral reaction because of how often this happened at my high school. Like moms being so overly involved. And I was somehow, I don't know how this happened, but I was somehow the designated friend for moms to call. And I would hear from like my friend's boyfriend's moms to hear what they were going through. And at the time I was like, I'm so cool and popular. And now looking back, I'm like, why was I talking to a 48-year-old woman about their son's dating history? Who it And it has nothing to do with me. Okay, just had to get that out. She goes on. Her mom texted me to tell me how disappointed she was with me for leaving Jessica out. My dumb high school self was irritated and wanted Jessica to fight her own battles. And honestly, I was a dick about the whole situation. I wasn't rude, but I also just thought I was better than her after that. I was an idiot in high school. Ashley and I stayed close. We were with each other through boyfriends and breakups and all the fun things that came with our senior year of high school. We talked about the future and how we would definitely be bridesmaids at each other's weddings. After Ashley broke up with a guy she had been seeing, Jessica ended up going out with him. Honestly, not sure if Jessica even knew that Ashley dated this guy because it lasted like a week, but Ashley decided that it was enough reason to hate Jessica forever. I was indifferent about it as Jessica and I hadn't hung out as much and didn't feel like be- and I didn't feel like being in the middle. After high school, Ashley decided that I wasn't a good enough friend and went off on me. She gave me a laundry list of all the horrible things I had done to her and tore me down. Why do girls do this to each other? Hate it. I went on to college and made new friends and had a year of just little to no connection with either of them. The next year, I transferred schools and I was living close to Jessica. We started hanging out again and I apologized for being an idiot teenager in high school. We became super close. We went on trips together, studied together, and had some very serious heart-to-heart conversations. It felt good to be adults and just move past high school. When I started dating my husband, Jessica was there for it all and became good friends with him too. During this time period, Jessica and I ran into Ashley. I said hello. I knew we weren't best friends anymore, but I figured we could still be civil. She seemed happy to see me, gave me a hug, and made polite conversation. When Jessica tried to interact with her, she completely blew her off, like full-on cold shoulder over a boy from high school who was a total deadbeat. Jessica felt like shit about it, and I felt so bad. We had a conversation after where I made it clear I wouldn't blow her off again the way I did in high school. I was so thankful for her friendship, and I wanted her to know that. Fast forward to my wedding. I'm choosing bridesmaids, and Jessica is an obvious choice. I thought about asking Ashley, but we hadn't been in touch as much recently, and I honestly didn't want to worry about the drama between between her and Jessica on my wedding day. I didn't ask her to be my bridesmaid. She asked me if I'd be having a bridal shower, and I told her that she'd be getting the invite when it was all planned. She was invited to my bridal shower and wedding, didn't come to either, and still seems hurt by the fact that I didn't ask her to be a bridesmaid. I feel bad that I didn't ask her, but also thankful that my wedding was unproblematic and low-key. But does that make me an asshole? Let's talk about choosing bridesmaids. First of all, it's your wedding. It's your day. It's your friends. It's your pictures. It's your memories. It is up to you who is in those pictures. I feel like your wedding day is a very good day for you to be able to be a little bit selfish. If you don't want somebody there, if you feel uncomfortable asking somebody to be your bridesmaid. Also, being a bridesmaid, weird job. Very weird job. It's also can be expensive. Like when you have to buy your own dress and sometimes you have to travel for the wedding, it can be a lot. It can be a lot. I think that there should be a rule. Like if you have not had a conversation with me in the last six months, then why would you be at my wedding? Like I had four of my best friends as my bridesmaids. Those were the only friends that I had talked to in the last six months. I had more girlfriends that I could have chosen from, but we weren't close at the time. It would have honestly been weirder for me to ask them to be my bridesmaid. And let's go ahead and flip the flip the roles here. Say you are 
the friend of somebody and you didn't get asked to be a bridesmaid. I have a few words for you. And those words are, get over it. Because it's their wedding and it's just a good life rule. It's a good life rule to not take anything personally. Just say, oh, they didn't pick me to be their bridesmaid. Big deal. Maybe they could only buy so many dresses. Maybe they wanted their pictures to look in a certain way. Maybe we haven't had a conversation in the last six months. I should correct this because if it is your very best friend, like say it's like you're with them every single day and they ask strangers to be their bridesmaids and not you, maybe that's a different situation. But if it's like kind of a distant friend and they don't ask you, just say, cool, now I have less responsibility. I hope they have a great wedding day. Just cool out. Cool out a little bit. It's all going to be fine. Being people's bridesmaids, is not the most important thing in your life. Them choosing their bridesmaids is probably more important. So just don't take it personally, back off. And to this person, I say, not the asshole. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by ShipStation. The holidays are the most wonderful time of the year. But if you're running an online store, you know they can also be the craziest time of the year. You've got inventory to manage, orders to fill, and a growing list of stressed out customers checking in twice a day, wondering whether those last minute gifts will arrive in time. With ShipStation, the hassle of shipping out holiday orders melts away, leaving you with happier customers and more freedom to run your business or just enjoy some much needed time off. I myself have used ShipStation since the beginning of my shipping career. When I have done merch on my own and I do it through my own online store, I've always used ShipStation for every single order. It's basically the only reason that I've been able to pull off having an online store. If you sell anything online, I don't need to tell you that shipping can be super frustrating. There are so many carriers and a ton of factors that go into figuring out the best rate for each order. And with more people online shopping this year, the added holiday stress doesn't help. But ShipStation will make shipping the easiest part of running your online store so you can get back to doing what you are passionate about. No wonder 98% of companies that use ShipStation for a year keep using it for as long as they're in business. It's that good. So make this holiday season a little brighter with ShipStation. You can use my offer code BAD to get a 60-day free trial just in time to handle the holiday rush. Just go to ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top, and enter the code BAD. ShipStation. Make ship happen. Next up. Hey, Maddie, I need your help figuring out if I'm the asshole in this situation. I'm the oldest of four girls, though. Is the word asshole starting to sound kind of weird? I feel like I've said it so many times. Okay. I'm the oldest of four girls, and though I am close to my younger two sisters, the one right after me, let's call her Rebecca, in age, is probably the person I dislike more than anyone. In her eyes, life is a competition, and she wants everyone to know that she is better than me. So what I need your help with is, am I the asshole for chatting with my two other sisters about her when they are just as frustrated and we can vent to each other? She definitely deserves it with how she makes us feel, but then I feel bad that I'm not helping the situation. As an older sister, I do feel the responsibility of trying to keep the peace, but since my little sisters have grown up, they see more and more the toxicity between me and Rebecca. It feels great to finally be validated, but then I feel guilty for possibly influencing all of their relationships with each other. Just to give you an example of how toxic Rebecca is, we both graduated in the same major for our undergrad degrees, but she says that her degree means more because she went to a better school in her eyes. She does stuff like that all the time. She even goes as far to say that she's skinnier and healthier, so she is, by default, 
better as a person. Okay, well, that's that's a weird metric to decide if somebody's a good person. And I just want to say, I mean, this will be no surprise coming from me because I uh, basically invented this job just so I could vent. And I just don't think that venting is bad. Everybody has to do it sometimes. We all need to be able to have a safe place to talk about things that are frustrating us or hurting us or making us mad. I am a, I'm a full believer in that. So no, I don't think that that makes you the asshole here, but I do, I do feel, I do feel that it would be better for the situation if it was a conversation with Rebecca. She doesn't sound like she's super open to it, but if you want to rage and you want to, you know, talk shit or whatever, I just feel like it should also be met with effort to help the situation. So while I don't think you're in the wrong, I do think that there can be a balance between trying to repair the relationship and having a safe place where you can vent when things hurt your feelings. So uh, here you go. Since you're that, I put the bad broad stamp of approval on that. Okay, next. My mother-in-law hates our dog. She's not allergic. She doesn't have a fear of dogs. She just hates our dog. She knows the dog is an inside dog, and every time she comes to stay, she somehow manages to accidentally lock the dog outside. I let it go until I caught her feeding the dog chocolate. When I called her out, she said, what? It's just an M&M. It won't kill it. Instead of yelling and getting angry, I planned my revenge in silence. At 4.30 the next morning, I woke up and let the dog into her room, and I watched as the dog jumped on the bed and licked her face until she woke up. She yelled and jumped out of bed, and I ran back into my room and pretended to be asleep. What I have told no one and planned to take to my grave was that I had caught the dog eating her own poop right before I opened my mother-in-law's door. So the question desperately needs to be answered. Am I the asshole here? Okay, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna be real. This is my, if I'm being biased, I think it's kind of awesome. But if I'm being objective, everyone sucks here. Uh, your mother, like when people hate other people's dogs, like it's like, come on, come on. I love other people's dogs. I love other people's animals. I love when other people love my animal. I think your mother-in-law sucks for that. But letting the dog put its poop mouth all over her doesn't feel great. I support it, but it's a dick move. (laughs) Okay, next. My cousins and I all exchanged names for Christmas one year, and one of my cousins pulled my sister's name. My sister's love language is gift giving, so anyone who knows her, who gets her name knows it's kind of a big deal. Months before Christmas, my cousin told me she is sending my sister's gift to my house for me to wrap for her, so to look out for it. Weeks went by, and I never saw the package, and I eventually forgot about it. My birthday is at the beginning of December, and I received something in the mail that I assume is a gift for me, but it didn't have a note. It was an amazing travel scratch-off poster with travel destinations around the world. I love to travel, and I thought this was such a thoughtful gift. I even asked around to my family members to try and figure out who sent it to me. I hung it up in my room and even scratched off some of the locations proudly. Christmas rolls around and my sister is asking if my cousin had a gift for her. Still clueless, I said no and assured her maybe it was still in the mail or something. We hung out with our cousins later and my sister was too embarrassed to ask her about how she never got a gift from her. And she was pretty offended that my cousin would just casually not give her a gift. Then later in January, it finally clicked. I opened and used my sister's gift. I quickly called my cousin and explained what had happened and she was so nice about it and we ended up laughing so hard about it. No big deal. Then I told my sister that I was so sorry and I'll give her the poster. 
Plus, she had already been to the spots I scratched off. She was very upset about it. She did not want the poster and she told me to throw it away. She was seriously mad at me and there was nothing I could do to fix it. Am I the asshole who accidentally stole my sister's Christmas gift? Oh, this gets a big stamp of not the asshole. I feel like that is, I mean, it feels, it feels obvious to me, but obviously your sister disagreed. Also, it's not like she gifted you a Rolex. I mean, like it's, it's a cute gift that is easily exchanged. Like you clearly had no problem giving it up. It's not like you opened it and realized it and then you were like, <laughs> gotcha, bitch. So yeah, I'm giving that a not the asshole. Absolutely. Okay, next. I feel like it's her. Let's get that out of the way. <laughs> Rewind about a year. I, a 35-year-old mother of five, one being a newborn, made a choice. One that I knew would be questionable to others, but I knew for me it was the best decision and my husband was mostly supportive. I was beginning to see the early inklings of postpartum depression, something all too familiar to me because, hello, I have 700 children. I confided in my brother and he had a rather questionable alternative option for my psyche. He suggested that I embark on a journey, one of psychedelics with a shaman. I don't know if that's shaman or shaman. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look it up because I've heard both ways. Okay, Google says shaman, so I'm just going to go with that. Um, let's see, with a shaman. I did some research and mostly just went with my gut and I did the damn thing. Two people knew I was going to do this beforehand because I didn't want anyone else's opinions making the decision muddy for me. So I did it and it was literally life-changing. Did it cure my depression? No, but did it change my life for the better? Hell yes. So fast forward to a week after and I decided I should tell my best friend. Like my best friend of 17 years. We talk daily, but kind of best friend. As best as best friends get. I knew she would not like this news. She's a doctor. She's married to a doctor. She's very rule driven. So I knew it would be a little rough for her to take this news. But I thought once she hears my experience and she sees how much it changed me, she would find some preparation H to calm the bulging hemorrhoids. Don't ask me to define hemorrhoid. <laughs> I did not expect the nuclear bomb that was coming. After some verbal warfare, she started blowing up my husband's phone while he was at work, insisting that he talked to her and insisting that what I did was a horrible mistake and I am now addicted to drugs. She would know. She's a doctor, remember? And I told her that she could not contact him anymore. Then after a few days, I was like, you know, I'm sure this is worrisome for her. And I gave her the benefit of the doubt and told her, I get it. This anger is coming from a place of love and concern. And we had a good talk. Thought we had smoothed things over. Nope. Slap in the face, stab in the back. She decided I was, in fact, addicted to drugs. And she called my father-in-law and told him that I was doing illicit, illicit drugs. Is this because she cares? Because I immediately ended that friendship. And sometimes I just need to be reassured that it was actually because she is being a self-righteous asshole. Freaking love this podcast. It's her, right? <laughs> okay. I think that we all need to sit down and make a life, a life rule that if someone else's decision affects you in zero ways, then you don't get an opinion about it. Like you doing shrooms in the form. I mean, I'm assuming it was mushrooms. Maybe it was ayahuasca or like, I don't know, LSD. There's, there's a lot of psychedelics to choose from. But if you choose to do this and it's good for you and you enjoy it, first of all, supportive all the way. I love it. I think there are whatever. We don't need to get into that. I just, I'm fully on board. And if someone who, who has, has no say in your life, like not your child or your spouse or anybody that really is affected by your decisions, if they come at you with an opinion like this, like if you're going to judge my decisions, then you don't get to know my decisions. Like, I'm not going to confide in you. I'm not going to tell you about my life. I'm not going to tell you about what I think and feel if you being judgmental about it is going to be the result. I've said it once and I'll say it again. 
any friendship that I have, if there is any judgment, if I feel like my choices, my lifestyle, whatever, if I feel like anything is going to be judged, I shut it down. I can't have, it's, it's the number one thing I cannot have in a friendship. If I feel the judgment of somebody, it will break me. I don't, I don't want to not be friends with judgmental people because I'm like, think I'm better than them. It's because it's really painful. It's really painful to have friends who judge you. And I have been a judgmental friend. It's like something that literally keeps me up at night. I'm sick over things I have said to friends that were so judgmental. So yeah, just just when when you make these decisions and when you are a full-blown adult, it's not like you guys are 12 and you snuck off with a guy to smoke a cigarette. Like you're a full adult. And I just don't think there's any room for that in friendships. Like, aren't we all just like barely hanging on? <laughs> Like, aren't we all just like doing our very best? Like the least we could do is not judge our friends for decisions that do not affect us at all. All right, next. I have so many examples of this, but here is a simple one. Just some background. My husband is the youngest in his family. He turned 26 this year and his mom just turned 69. Complete opposite of my family situation. My parents are young and I'm the second oldest. Anyway, his parents are all retired and have a bunch of grandkids. They also have a lot of time on their hands and they are very intrusive, like all up in our business. We tried living with them while in between housing contracts and I only lasted three months before I freaked out and told my husband, we need to get the hell out of there. So here's the situation. My husband has a lot of horses and does it for work. First of all, fancy. I would like to ride one. He raises, breaks, and sells horses. We are in our last year of college, so naturally we don't have a billion dollars to buy land right now. So they stay at my in-laws on their land. So I understood this before we got married and understood that until we can buy our own house with land, we will have to live near them so my husband can do what he loves. So we were living like 10 minutes away and it was a February morning. I was inside doing an at-home workout with my little shorts and sports bra. I finished up and went to chat with my husband. We got in the shower together, which we do 99% of the time, and my husband's phone is buzzing a lot. I didn't say anything, and I got out of the shower. I had breakfast in the oven, so I went in my towel to take it out, then went back into our room to get dressed. My husband comes in laughing, holding his phone. Turns out all the buzzing was his dad saying, why is your door locked? Your cars are outside. How come you're not answering? Okay, I grew up in a place where casually stopping by someone's house at 9 a.m. without notice, not okay. Text or call me first. I was pissed. First off, I don't want my father-in-law seeing me in a sports bra or a towel. And he was just going to walk in. He would have walked in our house while me and my husband were showering together. No, not today. So I was upset, but I very calmly tried to explain to my husband why I want certain boundaries and how because it's his obnoxious dad, he should say something. He then explained that his dad is an old farmer and where he grew up, it was very normal for people to stop by unannounced and that's just how his dad is. He then explained that there are consequences to boundaries that I'm talking about, like how it will make his parents feel unwelcome and like they have to make an appointment to see us. Help! I love and respect my husband and the way he was raised, but I have seen his parents be way too overbearing to his other siblings that haven't had the heart to say no. It would be one thing if this was just the first time. He makes appointments to do things to my car without asking. He's done that four times. He disciplines my dogs, which makes me want to tear his head off. When we lived with them, he would walk into our room upstairs without knocking or giving any warning. And he saw me in my underwear. He tries to dictate what we do with my husband's horses and with school, and I've just had it. So who is the asshole? Is it me for wanting those boundaries? Is it my husband who won't set the boundaries? Or plot twist, is it my father-in-law? Is it appropriate for your spouse's parents to just show up unannounced? Are the consequences of boundaries worth it? I feel so torn. 
What role are parents supposed to play in your marriage? Oh, I'm going to hit you with a hot take. And the answer to what role do they play is none. Uh, I I mean, that's what I think. I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe you're in a different situation. <laughs> Boundary. The, if I've learned anything from, uh, I don't know, therapy and life and anything, it's that you you got to I kind of hate I kind of hate this phrase to be totally honest but it does help me but you kind of have to protect your peace because I think that we as women I think that we are taught to spend and spend and spend of ourselves for everybody else around us that it's our job to make everybody else comfortable that our boundaries are malleable um but other people's are set in stone. But we need to be able to move ours in order to make other people happy. I think it's natural when you're raised in a place. I'm not just saying this about Utah, but about America. I mean, America is a patri- America's one big patriarchy. Um, but really, when you're raised in a patriarchal society and you're taught that kind of your role in things is supplementary, that it's not your job to make the rules. It's not your job to set the boundaries. It's not your job to earn the money. It's not your job. When you're so deeply ingrained in that, it's hard to stand firm in your boundaries. But you got to do it. You got to do it. You got to protect your peace. You have to set those boundaries because if you don't, then down the line, they will come back to you. I feel like they will always backfire. I also feel like it's good to set them early and call me crazy, but I don't think, please knock on the door before you enter this room. Is that crazy of a boundary? And when people say, yeah, you know, they're, they're just old. They're just old. That's how they do it. That's how they've always done things. Okay. But they've, they're still alive, right? Like they've like been here. They've, they, it's not like they're, you know, they died in 1930. Uh, like they're still currently living. So it feels like they should catch up because the world is different now. <laughs> So I, I don't feel like that's an excuse. Well, that's how they've always done things. Okay, well, that's not how you do things. And your opinion and your boundaries matter just as much as your father-in-law's. He doesn't get a say. His vote isn't worth more than yours because he's a guy and you're just the wife. I know that it's not explicitly said like, oh, I'm just the wife and he is like the patriarch of the family. But I do think it always comes back to that. Not that, not that I'm, a, you know, deconstructing the, the patriarchy myself, Uh, But I do feel like it oftentimes comes back to that. So let's go on to our next one. Hi, Maddie. Love the podcast and you very much. Am I the asshole for getting mad at my husband every single time he decides to wake up at 5 a.m.? A little bit of background. He's in his third year of law school. He's super busy all the time. And yet he isn't because he's a major procrastinator. But that's beside the point. Anyways, in the last few months, he has come to realize that if he wakes up at 5 a.m. to exercise, he feels more productive and fulfilled during the day. His classes don't start till well afternoon, but he uses mornings to prepare and study. I, however, do not feel the same productivity and fulfillment. I'm a stay-at-home mom and I work remotely part-time. Sometimes when my husband gets up in the morning, he wakes up our son on accident. My son is such a light sleeper that he will usually not go back to sleep if he wakes up past 5 a.m. Even if he doesn't wake our son up, I am awake. I always feel an intense rage any day my husband decides to wake up early, even though I want to show him support and love since he's sacrificing so much for our family by going to law school. I have no clue how to not be mad and see him and my child as the enemies until at least 10 a.m. I feel like I am in survival mode times 100 all day long. Please let me know if I'm in the wrong and if you have any advice, I beg you. I'm going to say no assholes here. 
I don't think anybody is in the wrong. I don't think either thing that people are doing is wrong. I don't think it's I don't think it's a dick move for your husband to wake up early and work out, but I totally get the rage. I totally get the rage because I yeah, I feel like I would feel the same way. So there's got to be a middle ground. There's got to be like a quieter way for him to do it. Maybe you should sleep on a couch. <laughs> I'm not saying that is like a punishment. I'm just saying genuinely, maybe there's another place for him to sleep. Is there like a different bedroom? Like maybe you and your son, uh, you know, I'm getting too personal. That's that's your decision to make. But yeah, maybe it's just something that needs to be much, much, much quieter. Also, earplugs, great. White noise, great. I'm also a light sleeper. Like if Matt just does a, a slight groan in his sleep, just like just a, a slight like, ooh, like if he's rolling over, I'm awake. I'm awake for hours. And if I look at my phone, game over. I will never be going back to sleep. So I get it. And I also feel rage when people wake me up way too early. Also, I just think he should go to prison for waking up at 5 a.m. to work out. I did that like three times in my life and uh, I wanted to send myself to jail. Okay, I think we're wrapping up here. That is all we have time for today. I'm always sad, always a little bit sad at the end of episodes because I like hanging out with you guys. Uh, But I'll see you guys next week, as always. I hope you are safe and kind and hot and uh, that you leave a five-star review. That would make me very happy. Uh, Sorry if you don't like the word asshole because you probably didn't like this episode, Uh, but I still love you more than anything. Thank you for being here and I will see you guys next week. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Remember, you can catch a new episode of The Bad Broadcast every Monday. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss anything. Also, I want to hear from you. So please leave a rating and review. You can also follow me on Instagram at The Bad Broadcast for all the behind the scenes action and more information. Talk to you next week.